with Glenn Curry. What do you think, this is the army where you shoot them a mile away? You gotta get up close like this, and bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. Well, I'm feeling. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Uh, Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. Are you a pothead fucker? Uh, This is Live at Five, Live at Five, Live at Five. This is uh, the Live at Five show on a Thursday. It's dreary outside. It's not as dark as it used to be because it is the 1st of February. And bear in mind, February isn't that bad this year because there's one extra day. Uh, for Glenn Curry over the last, I don't know, couple of, couple of cycles when it comes to in and around that day. Oh, uh, leap, leap day, the 29th. It, uh, things don't always work out for me. But that's another story altogether. I declare that right now we are ready for a Thursday show. Uh, so, and I just want to let everyone know. And I, I mentioned this yesterday. Uh, candidate for uh, the Republican primary and and uh, and, and our in our district as as Congressperson, I should say, uh, Mario Frado will be calling up here in about five minutes at five fifteen. Mario has spoken to us before on at least four or five occasions. Um, he he uh, uh, dispersed a letter, I believe, today or yesterday, talking about what's in the coffer. Spell coffer, by the way. That meaning of the amount of money that he has already for his campaign uh, is in excess of over twice of what he had uh, in uh, in 2022 when he ran in a primary again, uh, of course, the first time around, against incumbent uh, Claudia Tenney. And uh, now he is resting. Actually, it's more money than that. It's it's a decent amount. And I'll, and I'll get to that amount if I could just read. Uh, and then uh, he's he's feeling confident about himself. So we'll talk about uh, we'll talk to Mario about wh- where he's at with his with his campaign. Because remember, this is a political year. The primaries are in June. Remember, they used to be in September. They changed that in recent years. And uh, one big question with Mario, uh, and, and and he knows this better than anybody, is whether or not we actually will be part of Mario's uh, district, or for that matter, Claudia Tenney's current district. Uh, the 24th, in, because of the redistricting going on in Albany. So we'll ask Mario in a little bit. That's, again, in less than five minutes now. So if you want to call me up, uh, by all means. All right, so yesterday, I, I out and about, um, and, and with Joe's call, sometimes things get pushed back. But I did uh, get a, a briefing uh, in my own way, of course, uh, to see what's going on in the world. A lot of things happened in Washington, D.C., two, two main hearings uh, the, the one with uh, Mark Zuckerberg and other uh, platform authorities uh, were in front of the uh, uh, senators yesterday. And uh, a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, uh, outraged parents who lost their children due to what they f- believe were the algorithms um, forced on them from, say, Instagram, Facebook, 
a TikTok was there. I believe Google was there. And then the other one was uh, a, a report on where we stand with China and as far as espionage and their efforts to uh, topple our system, our grid. So that's, that's I mean, scary stuff. Uh, ultimately, it came down to there are 50 to 1 uh, on the Chinese side, from the CCP, that are actually uh, working arduously each and every day to figure out ways to topple America without firing a shot. And quite frankly, if you got rid of TikTok, we'd go, you know, we'd lose uh, 30% of the population anyway, and they run that. But could you imagine if they interfered with our with our grid, uh, were able to uh, infiltrate our, our FAA uh, and uh, and just uh, it's, it's incredible stuff. It's very depressing. Uh, it truly is with all the other things we have to worry about. And yet somehow or other on The View and, and in other areas of mainstream media, it's, it's all about uh, a toxic man who just don't want anything to do with Taylor Swift in a football game. That's a real problem. Plus, I have a, a segment. To, uh, to, uh, uh, for your January 6th entertainment purposes uh, on uh, Man on the Street asking uh, young people which one, which day was worse to America, 9-11 or January 6th? And needless to say, since I brought it up, you'll know what, what that's all about. Hi, you're on the uh, Live at Five show. Hi, this is your uh, non-attorney friend. Uh, when when Mr. Freda calls, yep. uh, uh, I went to the park when he was in town that day and he talked about uh, this a year, year and a half, almost two years ago. Yeah. He talked about well, Claudia Tenney voted for this. She voted for that, and she shouldn't have voted for this or that. How? I only asked one question. Yeah. How is he going to not vote when they put a, have a bill uh, like a six or eight hundred or a thousand page bill? They they hit it for something because. Uh, you have to vote for things the way they've got. They don't have a line item uh, veto. How is he going to do that? In other words, how? By the way, I'm yeah. Not, yeah. Pardon me. I, 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 we can figure that question because I am completely myth. Uh, how is he going to vote for what? Is he going to go against the party line, or is that what you're suggesting? When they have a bill, yeah, that comes up. Right. I, I'm this. I'm in this bill. Right. They'll have uh, hundreds of pages mm-hmm. of all sorts of stuff in there. In order for you to have, say, you want something passed. Okay. Well, if you vote for this, if you got this in this bill, you've got to vote for what we vote for. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's how it's done. All right. Well, you understand what I'm saying? I kind of, yeah. I, I wish you could ask the well, question you because you, you don't know, understand you, uh, this. Like, for, come for, on, for, for a non-lawyer, on, you ask a very a lawyer type question. So I'm gonna. And by the way, Mario you is a lawyer. So. It's we're citizens, aren't we? Yeah, we are, but you, you basically, I mean, it, it's all to do with whether or not he would vote on the same line as, as the current incumbent, and that's Claudia Tenney. So that's, that's, that's the difference. That's not what I'm saying. I know. Well, I don't know if it's important to, to tell you the truth, non-lawyer friend. Oh, re- oh, really? Oh, really? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm just being, Ask I'm challenging you. you. How, is he not, how is he not going to vote for something when, when there's uh, thousands of things, pork, put into a bill? Mm-hmm. How is he not going to vote for something? Well, well, she voted for this. And she, and by the way, I'm not in her district. I, I found that election day. I'm in Elise's district. Oh, you're towards Carthage yeah. then. Yeah, I, yeah, Black River area. Well, I'm, I'm just outside, the, uh, about 20 feet outside the district, hmm. uh, Claudia's district. Wow. But anyway, he said, he said, well, Claudia Tenney voted for this. She voted for that. Anybody can go through. Right. And and uh, pick out uh, what people voted for or didn't vote for. Well, I see. I I, I, I see what you're saying then. Okay, so it's uh, but uh, right. at the end of the day, I mean, 
um, you know, is, is going to vote for to a conservative he, or not, or, or thinks in the best interest of, of, of his constituents. So Right. In order for him to get what he wants, well, we've been, we're going to put this in the bill. Right. They, they do not have a uh, – Ronald Reagan asked for a line-item veto or a, a put up for a single um, uh, one one thing. They say, like, the Clean Air Act. Right. Okay. It may be clean air, but they may have a thousand other things in there and uh, thousands of pages and thousands of bill, thousands of things that people have to vote for right. in order to get what they want. Right. So, in other words, yeah, and you mentioned the word, you use the word pork. So, you vote for one thing, but you get a lot of other things. How does he vote in, in situations? Right. I got you. Okay. I understand now. I, I yes. Uh, so he's, and, and by the way, here's the, here's the, yeah, no, but I, I got to go because it's that time frame. But here's the good news, uh, non-lawyer friend. Uh, Mario is probably listening to your question because he typically listens to the show before calling in, which is well, why he's a smart on guy. Him, shame on him for, for bringing things up like that without, without expressing how he's going to do it. I, right. I think so, I'd like to know how he's going to do it. All right, gotcha. All right, excellent. And the word cut, too. All right. To scare, does he use the word cut to, to scare senior citizens? Oh, we're uh, gonna cut this and cut that. It's a it's a reduction in the increase. That's right. all that is. More than likely, Mario's on the line right now. So keep listening, my friend. Okay, thank you. All right, non-lawyer friend. Uh, and I believe we yes, we have uh, candidate uh, Mario Frado on the line right now. How you doing, Mario? Good, Glenn. Great. I uh, glad to be on. And before we even go any further, I just caught I yeah. the, the tail end of your call. Yeah. And I really want to address your call. Good, I good, good. Name of night. I can understand his uh, concern, yeah. okay. you know, what he's talking about. Good. So 90% of the votes that I disagree with Claudia on were single-issue votes. They were either amendments to bills where it was just an up or down, yes or no, do you support this or not? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't something where, geez, I got to vote for that because I want these other things or it's a compromise. When she voted for the taxpayer-funded sex changes, only 24 Republicans voted for that. It was a single amendment to a defense spending bill that said, no money is going to go to taxpayer funding towards sex changes in the military, period. Hmm. And 90% of Republicans voted for that, and she was in the 10% that didn't. So because she wouldn't block the taxpayer-funded sex changes, she supported it, and it passed because of five votes. And if you read the headline for that, um, it was 24 Republicans break ranks with the GOP and vote with Democrats to allow us to pay for sex changes in the military. So this wasn't something like, oh, I didn't know it was in there. No compromise, single issue. Um, when she voted back in September, same thing. The Republicans wanted to give no funding for illegals once they get here. Mm-hmm. It was 121 Republicans voted to block all funding for illegals, funding assistance. Mm-hmm. She voted with the 99 that voted with all Democrats. Um, you know, and on and on. When, when it was the, the um, transgender rights bill, she was sponsoring that that said we're going to amend the Constitution to protect gender identity, just like we do race or religion. Again, another um, single issue, and it's it's on and on. Like I said, these aren't things, you know, money to Ukraine, money to Pakistan. They were single issue votes that you just can't explain unless you're you're really not um, voting as a conservative. And I think you see that on all of these bills. You know, look at the continuing resolution we just had. 107 Republicans voted with all Democrats. And 106 Republicans voted as conservative Republicans. Now, Claudia Tenney, uh, like she usually has been, voted with the Democrats. If she would have voted with the conservatives, it would have been 107 Republicans in the majority against it and 106 in the minority. So she actually made the difference to give 
the Democrats the talking point to say, well, this was bipartisan. Most of the Republicans voted for it. Mm -hmm. She's she's right in in that group where we have a split within the Republican Party, where half of the Republicans are saying, hey, we'll give the Democrats what they want on a platter. They want to continue Joe Biden and Pelosi's spending. Go ahead. We're not going to secure the border, but we'll get, we'll fund their their weaponized justice system. We'll fund the IRS that's coming after uh, working class Americans, um, and we're we're going to essentially abandon our conservative principles. So I can understand saying, "Hey, this was a massive bill, and I didn't know that was in there. Or this slipped by me." But when the only thing to vote on is that issue, and you're on the wrong side of it, mm -hmm. there's no excuse. And she's done it time and time again, and that is why um, she has an F rating as a conservative. You know, and she's in the bottom, the bottom of House Republicans when it comes to being a conservative. So I got it. Never passed a bill into law in her entire career. And so the yeah. only thing she can do is vote, and she does it with the Democrats. So why? And, and Mary, and I know I've asked you this question before, but I would I'd love to hear your answer again. Why do you feel Congressman, uh, Congresswoman, excuse me, Tenney does it this way? In your opinion, um, I think today is a perfect example. We released our fundraising um, numbers, and. You know, somebody was trying to criticize us for saying we're doing some self-funding, also putting in a lot of money um, that we can. You know, we're not bought and paid for. We're, we're counting on, uh, you know, donors that are small donors, and we don't get corporate PAC money. She does. So when you look at the money she raised, if she says she raised $400,000, 200000 of that came from Pfizer, came from Boeing, came from Lockheed Martin, Verizon, Visa, Google, Walmart, um, you know, pharmaceutical companies. Uh, military industrial complex, defense contractors, and that's why she's voting the way she is. You can't explain it otherwise. Why on earth, uh, in a conservative district, would a member of Congress go on national television and say we have to stop incentivizing illegal immigration and then vote to give funding assistance to illegals once they get here? You can't explain that unless she, she knows exactly what she's doing, so you know she's not doing it for the voters. Who's it for? That's that's the question. Who's it for? And that's I think that's your question. And I think you'd like they say, follow the money, follow the money. If she's getting money from, you know, the U.S. Uh, sugar pack or this industry or that industry right. or whoever it is, they want cheap labor to come across that border. Mm -hmm. And the last thing they want her to do is secure the border. So for all these Republicans that say they want to secure the border, why aren't they doing it? That's the that's the question. So the amount of money's well, I got to ask you, Mario. If if someone like Pfizer or someone came up to you, to your your campaign manager, and said, "Hey, here's two hundred thousand dollars. We want Mario on our side." What do you what do you do, no. knowing knowing that there's would you turn it down? Yeah, absolutely. I will not. I will not accept a dime. I actually took a pledge. If you go on online, Dr. Talley, um, she's she's leading an effort right now for members of government or candidates who pledge to call for the vaccines to be recalled and also who pledge not to take any money from big pharma and i'm i've i already pledged that i will not take one dollar from pharmaceutical companies i think that they've corrupted our government um not just the pharmaceutical companies but they're a huge factor they're advertising on television the the news the cable news channels are also scared to go after these pharmaceutical companies because a huge part of their advertising bucks mm -hmm. comes from the big pharma. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're one of only two countries in the world where where drug companies can advertise directly to consumers, us in New Zealand, and I think it's a disgrace. Hmm. And I would be fighting to, uh, 
to make that Ill- illegal. Yeah, I do see Pfizer. Uh, and, you know, it could be like uh, The Bachelor or something. Uh, and it's it's obviously uh, the networks are compromised. So before I get into the letter you sent me today, because you just alluded to it as far as where you stand, and I mentioned it at uh, prior to our discussion today. Uh, let's get it, getting back to what I brought up before uh, uh, about about the district and the possibility, which we'll get into a little bit as well, Mario, about it, the, the redistricting and, and the change of, say, where it is now, the district, as it is and where it might lie by May, by June. It's got to be it's if, if anything's going to happen, it's going to happen before the primary. Right, Mario? Yeah. And uh, we're just I'm scared that we're going to run into the same situation we did last time where. They drag their feet. They can't get this done. There's there's lawsuits, and all of a sudden the primary gets pushed from being in June to August. August, yeah. Yep. The court had asked for this map to be um, in place by February 28th, which is essentially four weeks from today. Right. Um, we haven't seen one copy of a map from the New York State Independent Redistricting Commission, mm-hmm. and they if they the process the way it's laid out is they should come forth with a map, present it to the legislature. Um, if they, the legislature doesn't like it, they have to go back to the drawing board, send them another map, and then if they reject that map, the legislature's free to draw their own map, except it's supposed to be only a 2% variation of one of the maps that was given to them hmm. by the... the, and the so now imagine all the stuff I just told you right. in, in New York State with all the red tape and think, is all that going to happen within the next 28 no. days? No, it's going to be... And it's going to yeah. be pushed... It's bad, it's bad enough around a graduation time. It used to be in September. Uh, when people actually thought about what was going on in politics, pushed back to June, what, three, four years ago. And now, uh, you, like you said, yes, uh, two years ago it was. I remember that from June to August, which is even worse because you're going to get like three people show up uh, for these primaries. Yeah, we had, I think, 14 percent, 14, 15 percent. That's incredible. So but here's my question, though, and, and I've asked this before. When you are a candidate, for, when you are a sitting congressperson in upstate New York, in an ever-changing uh, uh, district and or districts, do you have to speak on both sides of your mouth, Mario, to appeal to the Tompkins County? And I'm, I'm just throwing that out there because of the liberal nature of it. Or for that matter, a good chunk of Onondaga. I don't know where this is going. You know more than I do. But based on what you're hearing and, and the fact that at one point or another, you said that uh, uh, Claudia Tenney might be endorsing Nikki Haley. Is she appealing to both sides of the political coin uh, uh, with all the changes or the, the imminent changes that are happening up here? Yeah, I think she is. I think she found herself in that situation before where she actually lost the most pro-Trump district in the country to a Democrat. That was the most uh, red district to get flipped when she got knocked out of Congress back in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was, it was uh, kind of devastating for us because it was a district that Trump had won by 15 or 16 points and she lost it by two. So she essentially ran 18 points behind him um, and lost us that seat. So I think that that really kind of scarred her, wounded her mm-hmm. going forward to think, you know what, I need to appeal to the left more so I can get elected no matter how these maps right. end up. And that's been her strategy ever since, I think. You know, she's been constantly voting for amnesty, um, voting for different things that really don't make sense unless you're trying to appeal to the left. And um, I think no better example is that bill that I said she had co-sponsored, which was the Fairness for All Act. Um which was going to give, um, you know, basically make a protected class out of transgender people where you can't discriminate on bathrooms, you can't discriminate on sports teams, Mm -hmm. um, essentially 
telling somebody that's a, a man they can't play in women's sports would have been akin to telling somebody who's black or Jewish they can't enter a, a restaurant or they can't play on the sports mm-hmm. team. You know what that does. If you, It's obviously illegal. Um, you would have gave the same rights to transgenders, and that was the first sentence of the bill. Mm-hmm. We're amending the U.S. Constitution to do that. Um, and she sponsored it for over a year in her old district, and the three days after she switched to New York 23 at the time, which was the southern tier, mm-hmm. very red district, mm-hmm. she said she no longer wanted to sponsor that. So she said, well, I thought it was something else. Um, you know, the thing is, whatever it was, and it was like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, you either never read the first sentence or you're not telling the truth. Um, but it's over and over again with this stuff, and I think the real answer to the question is, mm-hmm. if you're only concerned with getting elected and staying in office, then you have to talk out of both sides of your mouth. Is, but if you're interested in running on principles mm-hmm. and getting elected for who you are and who you want to represent mm-hmm. and which direction you want the country to go, then you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Well, that said, is that the way to get it done in an ever-changing upstate uh, congressional district, uh, in your opinion, Mario? Is that the way to get it done, yeah, despite the fact gotta, it goes yeah, against you gotta, your laurels? you got to stick to your guns. Interesting. you, know, you got to stick to your guns. And, and just and, and st- stand up for what you believe in. You know, you can't be wishy-washy. That's what's gotten us to this point. You look at the Democrat Party, they have, when they have a vote, and there's maybe 210 of them in the House, it's 210 to 0 or 209 to 1. Mm-hmm. But when we vote, it's 120 to 100. Mm. I mean, something's off in the Republican Party, and the problem is a lot of them are Democrats. Mm. Or, or, or what I refer to as Romney Republicans, uh, or uh, yeah, or rhinos, right? Yeah. Exactly, yeah, right, in the middle for a reason, uh, and uh, that, yeah. So, and that said, and we'll get to the redistricting in a little bit. It's, it's so important because it's unprecedented. But you sent me a letter today, February first, two thousand twenty-four, uh, Geneva, New York. Mario Frado just released FEC report. Uh, for what you have accumulated, you've raised uh, over three hundred thousand dollars. Uh, as of uh, the end of 2023, cash on hand, 275000 uh, In in uh, in, in uh, uh, attendees report, Mario's agree- uh, opponent, progressive Republican uh, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, reported she had only $400,000 cash on hand. So you compare that with last time, Mario Frado made the following statement. On top of that, I am grateful to the many uh, grassroots donors, and you just stated where a good deal of, of the money's coming towards the Tenney campaign over the years comes from big PAC money and so forth, big corporations. It's also encouraging uh, to see that major donors are, are turning their backs on Congresswoman Tenney uh, when, I, uh, when, I, when I was ran against her uh, last time. I, I, my glasses aren't serving me uh, well here, Mario. Uh, she had over a million dollars in cash on hand uh, from the last time, in the last cycle, and you, Mario, were within 4,400 4, uh, votes uh, uh, with the budget of only, I think, $116,000. So when you put that difference together, uh, and of course, you know other things that you're talking about. You know, uh, 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 Congresswoman's uh, alleged uh, favoritism, at least at one point, towards towards uh, Nikki Haley, and and all the other things as far as you know whether or not she's a, uh, a conservative enough. You feel with additional money in comparison to what uh, uh, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney had has now that you have a better chance come whenever the primary actually happens, Mario. Absolutely. I mean that race. You know, we were so proud of the, the effort that we had. Like I said, a lot of the people that helped and still help with our campaign, they're 
they're homeschool moms, they're, they're local chefs and cooks at restaurants, they're people who had never been involved in politics before, and they stepped up and helped us with a real grassroots effort, and dollar for dollar out of over 500 challengers in the country that challenged incumbents in these races, um, we were the most successful campaign in the country last time. With that 116,000, we got over 40% of the vote, um, and that was in a three-way race. Nobody did that even when they were heads up with mm. that little of cash. Mm -hmm. And the way we're looking at it is we got it. We started earlier this time. Um, we weren't even in the race yet at this point. On February 1st, we had not announced our campaign. Mm. So we're starting off with about triple the money um, that we had last time, mm -hmm. and we have more time to raise money, and she has almost a third of what she had last time. Um, so we're really, the, by, by an order of magnitude, basically, um, you know, at one point they said she was outspending us 40 to 1 before the primary. Mm -hmm. And right now it's not even 2 to 1, you know. So. Yeah, and by the way, by two years ago, with all the confusion and whatnot, plus we were just coming out of COVID, and in addition to your, you know, what, what you're talking now, Mario, is that you do have legacy now. People are familiar with your name. They remember you from two years ago. I'm not saying you're a household name and whatnot, but you have to add that to the equation, uh, which, which, uh, which gives you uh, a better position going into uh, to this cycle uh, if and when uh, the, the primary happens in June or August. So, so that said, that means you're, you're getting the word out. You're getting grassroots support. Who else is who is supporting you? Do you have support from uh, elected officials? Um, so right now, like I said, I, I was with uh, multiple members of Congress at the, um, in December, mm -hmm. and you know they told me they were pulling for me flat out. They now, said we need fighters from New York. They they said they were aware of Congresswoman Tenney's voting record, mm -hmm. and they said we don't vote like that. And to their credit, they don't. You know, so there's there's people out there, and I don't. I don't want to, um, you know, give their name. No, I understand. Can, no, and I'm deduce, sorry, yeah. You yeah. know, you can deduce from who was at the event I was at and, right, right, right. and who I spoke to, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But the point is, and these are the people that Claudia Tenney has attacked. She said they're, they're terrible, they're not good for the Republican Party, but they're the ones with the conservative voting record. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I think that it makes her look bad when they're just doing what they got elected to do and she's not. Mm. So mm. It, it, they, what the Republicans try to do... Um, the New York delegation has done it a lot. A lot of these different um, groups, they all vote together when they take these bad votes. Mm -hmm. So then it doesn't make any one of them stand out. Interesting. And the problem is you're seeing this clear divide within the Republican Party now where there's 100 on one side, there's 70 on one side. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a large group that's starting to fight back and they're saying, you know what, why did we even uh, take control of the House if all we're going to do is hand the Democrats what they want on a platter? When you... When a Republican uh, Congress makes a, uh, a bill and they present it to the floor of the House for a vote mm -hmm. and 99 percent of the Democrats vote for it and only 50 percent of Republicans, there's something wrong with that. Mm. That means it wasn't good for us. You know, you're handing them exactly what they want. You can't even uh, get a break in the party because they say, whoa, you want to keep Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden spending mm. exactly how we had it before? Well, we don't even need to push back just put it to the floor we'll vote for it you're, you're just writing their bills for them essentially we're just acting as their secretary mm -hmm. um we need to go in there and actually use the power of the purse use the house and say you know what if you don't secure the border if you don't put the things that we want in mm -hmm. these bills we'll, we'll let the, we'll let it shut down mm -hmm. we we shut down under president trump we're not scared of a shutdown mm -hmm. if it means 
that we're going to protect our country, protect our border, Mm -hmm. and not hand things to the left to fund their radical agenda. Well, I tell you, I mean, there's so many things you and I can get into. I'm running out of time here, but I just got to ask you this. Over the last, say, a couple of months since I spoke to you, uh, have your ears been ringing? And the reason why I asked that, Mario, we're talking to Mario Frado here, who is going to be once again for the second time running for the Republican uh, in the pr- Republican primary uh, come June or August, uh, that you mentioned to me with the redistricting, it would more than likely include the count uh, Jefferson and Oswego. Did I read you wrong on that? And do you still feel that way now? And if that's the case, unfortunately, Mario, you know this, we won't be talking to you come primary time. Oh, you're saying if it if it gets uh, cut into New York 21? Exactly. If they shift things around, th- yeah. the allegate. I guess the the theory is is that if Jefferson and possibly Oswego County goes back to the Stefanik district, whatever they call it, when everything is said and done, right. do you yeah. still feel that way? I think I think it's a high likelihood because they're going to try to pack as many Republican votes as they can to one district, and they're not going to want to include them in New York 22. So that's a that's a high likelihood, but I also think that it's possible that almost nothing changes, um, except hmm. for New York 22. New York 22 has to change uh, for them because they're not going to let us win it again. They, it was a district that Biden won by like seven points. We only won it by a point and a half. If they could just make that district a little more blue by shooting down into grabbing Ithaca or coming over and getting Utica or whatever mm-hmm. they need to do, they'll do it. But um, I think we're 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 really we're just speculating because it's one of those things where there's people pulling for the opposite you know even within the democrat party so there's if you make one district more blue right. let's say new york 22 mm-hmm. then new york 19 is going to get a little more red mm. so that's the molinaro district so there's mm. people who want to run against molinaro that are raising money mm-hmm. that are trying to put pressure on the democrats to say well Save a little more of these Democrat votes for us. Mm-hmm. Take Auburn and take Ithaca, but don't take Utica right. because we want it in here for us to have a chance. So there's frag factions on both sides that have an agenda for themselves. But I hope that you guys are still in the district. I love coming up there. I know you do. Um, I, I really like the politics up there. The people are straight up. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not they're not just blind followers in in Jefferson County. Mm-hmm. They're people who really understand the issues and mm-hmm. vote on the issues. Um, and I think this time we're going to perform much better up there because, like you said, we didn't have the name ID. The message just didn't get out. Right. It wasn't that it was bad. We just couldn't we couldn't get it out. What, what, what are the chances that nothing changes? Do you think do you think that that's a possibility? There's a chance that almost nothing changes because this just happened with the assembly. So the the maps were they said they had to redraw those mm-hmm. and the redistricting commission essentially took the maps that are in place now and just said, here, here's our version of the maps, and presented them to the legislature. And that puts pressure on the legislature to say, um, all right, they think these maps are fair. They don't want to change anything. We we probably should just stick with what we got. Mm. So that's a possibility that they do that. But um, I think that knowing the Democrats, and especially the Democrats in New York, Mm They're not going to let us win 11 seats out of 26 again. Yeah, uh, they want us down to four or five max. Right. So you're, you're talking, uh, uh, you know, five seats that they absolutely want to eliminate. Mm. And I don't see why they won't at least try. Because if it does go to court, 
the judge is changed by one judge, right. and it that it favors the Democrats now. Yeah, which is well, why we're in this situation? It, it, well, it's, it, isn't it always the case where it's always? I mean, I remember uh, when when it came down to Claudia Tenney back in 2018, it came down to, I believe, a, a liberal judge in, in a swig off on that mistake. And doesn't it always come down to that in the state of New York, Mario? Yeah, it does, and that's why we look for favorable districts. You know, when we sued for these maps last time, they brought the suit out of Steuben County. Mm-hmm. You know. And they said, okay, there's a, this is a red area that the, the local judge is going to be more conservative-minded, right. um, which he was, and it, it, it was the right thing to do. Mm. But if it gets all the way back to the highest level, to the Court of Appeals, mm. they have in place now, I think, a 4-3 court that just ruled for these maps. Mm. So if the Republicans challenge these new gerrymandered maps, the chances are we'll lose in the end, because they just got the green light from the same judges you know, to draw the map. Right. So why would they toss them out? Mario, this is, uh, we, we could talk about so many things, including uh, the, the New York City police officers that got attacked uh, by uh, migrants who don't belong in New York City, who were released three hours later. That's one of a gazillion things, not to mention funding $80 billion on the table right now for Ukraine. Uh, so we'll have to do this again, because I know what your position yeah. is on both of them, Mario. But when people <laughs> need to find out more about you and your campaign, Mario Frado, how can people do that? Go to MarioForCongress.com. Uh, you can volunteer or donate. We're at Mario Frado on Twitter, Mario Frado for Congress on Facebook. And, um, you know, we could really use support from uh, the real people out there. And like I said, we're not taking any corporate PAC money. So anything we get comes from either ourselves or from the people uh, uh, in the district who want to step up and help us out. No one so can, I appreciate it, Glenn. Nobody can buy Mario Frado. Not, not even. They not absolutely even, cannot. Not, not even Mo Green. Or or, uh, or 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 Mr. Waltz. Or the Italian. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. I had to throw that in. You know that, Mario. Thank you, Mario Frado. Thank you once again. Uh, have a good weekend. We'll talk Thanks, to you soon. Friend. You too, my friend. Uh, I'll care. talk to you. Bye-bye. That's uh, uh, Mario Frado there here on the uh, Live at Five show. We talked a little longer than I thought. And we always do. So now I got to do a commercial break. We'll be back. Attention, thrill seekers. Attention, adrenaline. For details. And thank you once again uh, to Mario Frado uh, here uh, today on the 1st of February, 2024, an election year. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be an incredible year. And already starting off with uh, one roll of the roller coaster after another already. Uh, and we know this in New York State with the redistricting, the crazy stuff going on, the migrant crisis in New York City and other cities. Uh, not to mention uh, the hearings yesterday and where we stand uh, potentially in a very imminent threat uh, from the CCP. The Chinese government is just looking for ways to destroy us without firing a shot. And what's what really uh, alarms me is a lot of people might actually accept that and say we had it coming to us. I've said this before. You know, if we had a 9-11 tomorrow, God forbid from whether or not the CCP is involved or Arab terrorists or the Russians. I listened once again to that segment from Leslie Stahl when she interviewed then-President uh, Donald Trump in 60 Minutes. Donald Trump brought up the like, well, we have to worry about the Russians, we have to worry about China. And immediately, uh, the den mother said, no, we don't. Yes, we do, Leslie. No, we don't. And she's also interviewed uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene just last year. Almost like a, a doting grandmother asking her, you know, her 16-year-old granddaughter, why do you color your, your hair pink? Why do you do that? The boys don't like that. Why do you do that? 
It's like, no, there's no problem with the Chinese government. We had a 9-11 tomorrow. Do you realize? Remember, and I, I keep on bringing this up. I'm sorry to do this because I have a segment to play here. It's, it's correlating. I'm trying to set this up. A little foreshadowing here. Where there was reports of some communities in northern Jersey in, on uh, 9-11-2001 where people were celebrating. And these were people from Arab nations. Either they were born there or part of that whole persuasion, right? Hey, you had it coming to us. Now you know how it is. And the Jews are bad. <clears throat> that was 23 years ago, right? Well, if 9-11 happened again to tomorrow, I think you would see a lot more, not just people from that community, although there would be a lot more of them, and uh, all driven by Omar, Elon Omar and Talib and other representatives of Congress who are voted in there each and every uh, cycle because their districts are predominantly exactly who they are. It's like, why do we people, why, do, why does she keep winning to get into this district? Figure it out, bozo. Her district looks like her. And it was George H. Bush who liberated Somali in the early 90s that brought her and her brother here to begin with, who she later married to become, uh, so he could become an American citizen. But we sweep that under the rug because it's no big deal. People have to do things when you're a refugee, Glenn, you know? You're a racist. Shut up! <clears throat> All right, fine. All right, so this is what we have with respects to uh, a man on the street. You've seen this a gazillion times. It looks like they're in a college setting. A lot of these kids are young, you know, let's say 18 to 22 years old. And he just asks the simple question, what was worse for America? 9-11, which I just stated, or January 6th? 2021, uh, and here's what they said. What was worse for America, 9-11 or January 6th, and why? That's a, a deep question. I don't know, probably the insurrection. I mean, that had an impact on a lot of people's mentality and their respect for the systems of the government and everything. So, uh, yeah, I think it turned a lot of people kooky. Wow, I was going to say 9-11, but kind of, I think in the years to come, we'll find out that January 6th was probably more impactful more damaging what was more harmful for america yeah i think january 6 might rival 9 11. i will say that both of these um just impacted how people can view patriotism and wanting to have love for their country i'd say 9 11 honestly hmm. because there you go just like the islamophobia that derived from it in general and xenophobia just completely ruined like airport security and everything like that well, that's a half-ass answer. What was worse for America? All right, so there you go. So they're doing a little bit of balance control here. It's like, well, we got these bimbos, and then we have someone else who says it created more xenophobia. Not the answer you want, but at least she leaned in that direction. All of them had to think about it. There's nothing to think about. In defense of these young uh, people, they weren't alive. Or if they were, they, they were still crapping in their diapers in 2001. So I got, I got to say that. But, you know, I wasn't around when, when Charlie Chaplin was, was famous or Clark Gable, but I knew who he was and I knew how great they were. So there's certain things, and, and, it was, and 9 11 was yesterday in the whole scheme of things. But, so you're always going to live up to the moment that is a part of your life. I, that's just the way, you know, that's why you think uh, Taylor Swift is as good, if not better, than Madonna, only because Madonna isn't Madonna anymore. She looks like a freak of nature, and she's not part of your pop culture. So you're going to say, well, of course, Taylor Swift, because she says boys are bad and girls have the power. Yeah, we got that big box down there. Screw you. So, <clears throat> sorry for being crass there. So I could see how they might lean towards the more current event of January 6th, but when you, when you compare that to 9-11 with thousands of people, 
we're, we're, you know, and of course, the, all these allegations that five people died on, on uh, January 6th, including a couple of police officers, none of it true. Not all of it completely untrue. So if the CCP decides to press a button and say, hey, uh, you have uh, uh, 2,000 uh, airline jets flying over the country right now. Let's see if uh, at least half of them crash in the next three hours. Let's see how that works out. Do you, and, and then people are just going to say, well, you know, the Chinese are just misunderstood. It's all part of xenophobia, you know. So I, it's, that's what worries me. And so when that, uh, that uh, 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 hearing yesterday, when they were talking about that, and of course, it all, you know, for some reason or other, you know, all these important events that happened in the Capitol on the Hill uh, seem to, to happen in the same day. So for convenient purposes, uh, can, you, can you separate them? And to listen to guys like uh, Senator Cruz, Senator John Kennedy. Uh, and by the way, Cruz and Kennedy were in the other ones when they were talking to Mark Zuckerberg. And, and Zuckerberg, so condescending. You know someone is very disingenuous when a senator, or for that matter, a congressperson, asks a witness, in this case, Mark Zuckerberg, who's called uh, to defend himself in the case of algorithms and its uh, ill effects on society, particularly young people uh, who have taken their lives based on their, you know, their, 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 their mindset with respects to social media. They would say something to the effect, like someone, uh, Mr. Zuckerberg, uh, can you ask, answer me a question about how algorithms don't necessarily mean that you're one of one side of the party to the next? Well, that's a bad question, but he would say, Mark Zuckerberg would say, Senator, I appreciate your question. So that gives him that little time to think about the answer, shows a little bit of respect, but it gets old after just one time, meaning it's disingenuous. They're full of crap, completely unprepared. These are billionaires, and they can't answer any question. There was one issue that came up that I was listening to this morning. When they basically, I, I, for whichever reason, this, this uh, video was covered up, and uh, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it shows child abuse. I think it's on Instagram. And it's almost like a trap. Like, oh, it's child abuse. I want to see what a child abuse looks like. Uh, are you luring potential pedophiles to look at child abuse, which could be sexual in nature? It doesn't really, it, it's bad. No matter which way you slice it, it's bad. Or are you encouraging a pedophile to be more of a pedophile? Are, are you setting up a trap to find out who is a pedophile, which, by the way, is unconstitutional for the record? Or are you leading them down that path? So that was the question I believe. If I'm not mistaken, John Kennedy from Louisiana asked that question. I can't remember. And he just couldn't answer it. They couldn't answer it. They didn't want to answer it. A scary, scary stuff. Yesterday, if, if, and this is, this is, it adds to the angst of, of where we are. And then hearing reports of potential threats from, from the Chinese government. Things that we can't even fathom. We couldn't imagine what would happen on 9-11 before it happened, and it did, and the visual effect of two massive buildings crashing down on each other, not to mention people literally hurling themselves out of 90-story buildings uh, so they can uh, flee from being burned to death. And somehow or other, young people today think that that wasn't as bad as January 6th. It's a scary time, folks. Scary time. 755-1240 is the number. 755-1240 is the number. Now, today I was talking to a client, and he's, he came up to me and said, so, so Glenn, what, what's, what's the local chatter today? What are you talking about locally? And I, and I, and I got to admit, and despite the fact that council, council person uh, Ben Schoen says, yeah, Glenn always wants to talk about national stuff. He doesn't want to talk about local stuff. Uh, and it's kind of true. <clears throat> but I got to admit, 
I mean, other than the zoo issue, which seems to be, you know, pushed aside for the moment, um, there's really not much to talk about. So, and if there is, uh, you know, I, I would bring it up. And if I'm missing out on something, I, I see that the former uh, city manager up in Augsburg uh, became a city chief somewhere in a town I never heard of. <clears throat> and uh, he has since left that position, but they gave him a severance uh, package of $150,000. <clears> $150,000. That's not bad for failing. <laughs> um, I don't know what happened there. I don't know if it's this, that, or the other thing. But And, of course, that's not even a Watertown issue. So if I'm missing something that's happening here in our town uh, because I'm so fast enamored with craziness and Capitol Hill and Fox News and Republican radio uh, pundits heard right here on AM 1240, please interrupt me and tell me, Glenn, what do you think about this? So I'll give you that opportunity if you can come up with something because I honestly can't. Uh, so I'm going to do a break right now. We'll be back right after this. Hey, North Country, it's your man, Nigel. I'm your go-to guy at FX. In Carthage, call 315-493-2030. Hey, you know what? Someone uh, someone was on the phone. I don't know if they're still there or not there. They lost, we lost them. But anyway, there is something local of noteworthiness. Uh, and it's on Channel 7 News. Uh, uh, the link, of course, on News Junkie as we speak. And, and I knew this going into today's show, but I got, I got caught up, as always. Um, what a town man to appear on Wheel of Fortune tonight. That's right. Sharon, the lovely Sharon, and I watch Wheel of Fortune regularly each and every night. <clears throat> not to mention Jeopardy. I try to be smart in front of my wife. Not very easy. Uh, so that's tonight. His name is Joey Johnson. Uh, he speaks very highly of Pat Sajak. He says the studio is a lot smaller. The wheel is a lot heavier. He's a 34-year-old disc jockey. Our disc jockey from Brooklyn, Ralph. No, sorry. A 34-year-old disc jockey and coordinator for the Food Bank of Central New York says his grandfather dared him to try out a Wheel of Fortune. He did it on a Zoom call this past August, and uh, he was uh, appeared in Los Angeles in December. And they do all the shows in one day. He goes on and on and on about that. He was very, he, and the, he meets Vanna White right off the bat when you get to the studio. Excited to meet Pat Sajak. He's a pro. Uh, so, so since the episode was recorded, uh, Joey Johnson had to keep it uh, quiet of what happened to the show uh, because that's part of the contractual agreement. I think the person that just tried to call me said, oh, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. That is a big story. His main goal was to have a good time. All right, that's fine. That's a bunch of crap. Oh, we're here to play the game and have fun. Uh, whoever wins or loses, it doesn't really matter. It does matter. You don't play to lose. All right? You play, especially, and here's the other thing, and I've told, I said this before, and I, sometimes I cringe when I watch the, the uh, Wheel of Fortune, especially when the, when the uh, you know, it's Hangman, really. It's, it's the game of Hangman. Uh, Merv Griffin created both Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy back in the 60s <clears throat> or early 70s. And he brought it to uh, King World, whatever. It's, it's Sony's product now. And uh, he came up with these two shows. And he made a fortune from it. And then he went off and bought a, a casino for way too much money in, uh, in Atlanta, uh, Atlantic City, blah, blah, blah. But my biggest fear, I said, you know, um, uh, we all have fears. But I watch F Wheel of Fortune so often when someone is there and they're on a roll and they can't get it. And it's a big phrase. It's a before and after, rhyme time, same name, whatever, whatever the clue is. They're going on and on and on. They're just barely missing bankrupt or, or lose a turn. And then they choose a letter that's already been chosen. If I ever went on, you know, like did the dare like this Joey Johnson guy did and, and actually traveled out to, to Los Angeles to be on the show. And by the way, that's money out of pocket. So then you run the risk of actually losing by going on a game show 
and then finding out that you, 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 in front of a national audience that you picked the letter T that's already been chosen. And then the next person says, I like to solve it, Pat. You don't have any money. I like to solve it anyway. And that drives me crazy. Or you don't win any money at all, and they give you $1,000 out of pity, which, which would suck in, in many regards because you went through all that rigmarole to get on the show to begin with because you've been a fan of it ever since Chuck Willery was the host back in the 70s when they used to allow you to shop on set with the money that you won, which was a, bunch of mo- which was a farce in itself. Plus, the show was an hour long uh, back in the 70s, too, when Chuck Willery did it during the daytime. So that's my biggest fear, picking the same letter that's already been chosen or not winning anything at all. Or even unequal to that is getting a th- winning, a thousand, winning $1,000, right? And then telling people, it's like, oh, you won Wheel of Fortune. How much did you win? I won $1,000. Oh, you meaning they gave you $1,000 because you, you didn't win anything? No, I, I won $1,000. Oh, what? Oh, you know, you know what that means. No, I don't, what? Well, if you didn't win anything, they would give you $1,000. But you're saying you won $1,000. It's no different than someone who didn't win any money, and they give them $1,000 out of pity. How, do you, how does that make you feel? Shut up! I went on the show because I love that show. Get out of my face! My biggest fear. Hey, I could be getting eaten alive by a shark or dying because I took way too many boosters. But that's my biggest fear right there, which is another reason why I choose not to go on the Wheel of Fortune show. Yep. I'm a total pussy. What can I tell you? All right, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. Just wanted to talk about fears and whatnot, my anxiety levels, and whether or not the Chinese government is just going to pull a, a fast one on us and people are going to say, ah, don't blame them. We had it coming to us. These are the things that are going through my head these days. I don't know about you. So this was the Live at Five show on WATN AM 1240. Uh, have a good night, folks. Up next, CBS News. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm Monica Ricks. More than 23 million people are under flood alerts now in California, where one of two powerful storms is hitting over the next few days. CBS's Carter Evans is in Long Beach. The L.A. area is expected to get